¡Bienvenidos a la cripta! Ay, 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 hola, ay, cariño. Hola, amor. And welcome to another episode of Uy, qué horror, a Latinx horror movie podcast with Johnny and Eileen. I'm Johnny. I'm Eileen. Hello. Hello. Good morning. How are you? I feel a little weird today. Eileen and I are... Shaking things up here in Uike Horror world, but we still got a solid episode for your... Yep, doing great. Kermanet. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> we, uh, I'm, I'm currently dog-sitting. Usually we record on a Saturday, but I had to move from one dog house to another dog house on Saturday, so Johnny kindly said yes to a reschedule, but... It's Easter, and so he has to go see his familia. I have, you know, socially distanced family stuff coming Gotta up later deliver today. deliver a vegan cheesecake to his I, family. I made a vegan cheese... I'm not vegan, <laughs> but I made a vegan cheesecake yesterday. So instead of doing our regular time, I asked if we could push this earlier. So here we are. It's not the ass crack at all. I was going to say the ass not crack. Not at all. No, it's like... Son las 10 de la mañana, no joda. <laughs> I already <laughs> walked a dog... I ate yeah. French fries for breakfast, which uh, is not, it's no, it was a bad idea. <laughs> Shit. I mean, I've been up for hours too, but it just feels weird in the body. You know what I mean? Yeah. It feels, it feels weird in funky. the body. It feels weird in the body. Speaking of feeling weird in the body, oh. have we got a film <laughs> for got a you. doozy for you today. So it was my pick this week. I picked a film from Venezuela. It's uh, from 2019 called Infección. It's directed by Flavio Pedota and written by Fla Flavio Pedota and Yeymar Cabral. It's quite a this, film. It's quite a film. Mm -hmm. I'm really excited to talk to you about this. Me too. Always excited to talk scary Latinx horror movie with you, but horror movies with you? Yes. Wow. Wake <laughs> the fuck up. But this one, uh, I mean, all of them are so much fun to talk about, but this, the, zombie films, when they choose to tell you something a little extra about what's going on, I just appreciate it so very much. And that's what we're getting here. Well, we'll get there. We'll talk about yeah, we'll get into all, it. The, all the good stuff. So yeah. how about a synopsis from you, young man? Absolutely. Here we go, everybody. As a new strain of rabies takes hold of Venezuelan capital Caracas, Dr. Adam Vargas and friend Johnny fight their way across the city to an international laboratory to create a cure while also trying to find Adam's son, Miguel, who has been staying in the countryside with his grandparents. Yep. You know what I just thought right now? What? His friend's name, Johnny. Like, I was like, maybe that's a direct reference to Night of the Living Dead. Ooh. Maybe. Maybe. Could be. Let's just say, sure. Why not? <laughs> Great. Well, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Infección. We start off seeing a man standing on top of a rooftop looking out upon like a cityscape. Lots of tall buildings all around him. On one of the sides of the buildings that we see, very largely, it's literally the first thing we see, there's a huge painted side of this building that says Maduro Dictador. Holy sh... And you can't miss it. It's not it's like... It's not hidden or anything. It's no. boom. In right your face. There. Yeah. 
The city looks kind of run down. It looks kind of, it doesn't look great. Another gentleman approaches this man standing on the rooftop and they're speaking a different language. Oh, I was like, am I watching the wrong film right now? That's what I thought too. It was like, but then I was like, but it says Maduro right there. Yeah. How could it not be Venezuela? (laughs) Like, this is so weird. I was like, is it Arabic? I thought Russian. I, these, I'll tell you which languages I thought. I thought first Arabic, (laughs) then German. Than Russian. I was like, what the fuck language is this? Uh, do we know what it is? We don't know, it for sure. It never says. Great, okay. So this bearded man approaches this blonde man on the rooftop, and he asks him, do you have any more of what you gave me the other day? And they head downstairs into a run-down piece-of-shit apartment. It looks gnarly. It is obviously an addict's, like, den. Like, it's fully a disaster. Yeah. This blonde guy... Pops out what looks like a candy to me. It looks like a hard candy. And he like starts (laughs) chopping it up uh, into a powder. And he asks for a needle in this language. Again, this is where I was like, is this German? No idea. The bearded guy is like, I don't have a needle, bro. And the blonde guy is immediately enraged. He's like searching through this crack den for a fucking needle and there's literal bats oh my God. flying around. There's a shot of him where you see the back of his arm and it looks like a bite. Yeah. You can't tell if that's like tracks from like doing drugs or what yeah. the hell, but he does this not look well. He, <laughs> my guy is unwell. He goes to the bathroom into the sink. There's a dead bat on the side of the sink. Like just... Disgusting. A sink full of... At first, I was like, oh, it's just gross, muddy... But that must be like guano water. Uh, who knows? It must be disgusting. all kinds of stuff. It's uh, The Ew. sink is filled with water, and he is literally like searching within this dirty, filled sink for a fucking needle. The desperation of being a drug addict. I can't... Horrible. Like, you're willing, you're willing to use that thing. Which he does. He pull, pulls <sighs> out that needle. He heats it up on the... On, in the fire of the stove like oh okay great now you've disinfected it (laughs) and he injects himself with whatever it was that he Mm -hmm. those fun things and um (laughs) don't do drugs guys don't do intravenous drugs he does it the bearded guy is like was it good and that guy a blonde guy has fully passed out immediately so bearded guy picks up the syringe that was just injected into the other dude and he injects himself and he also collapses in i'm assuming drug euphoria yeah we have a blackout and then we wake up to like sounds of the city and sirens and it's this bearded guy's face and he turns around and he sees the blonde guy who he says Dimitri. So that's why I think now that's when I was like, oh, Russian. Yeah. <laughs> so Dimitri, the blonde guy, is in the corner of the room, like bracing up against the wall, like kind of scratching and breathing really heavily. And the bearded guy's like, what are you doing, dude? Are you like, what's going on? Yeah. Dimitri turns with these like blood black eyes and his mouth is like now disgusting and blackened and he attacks this bearded dude. All of a sudden, 
we cut to like the outside of a building and he's running out and he runs out into the streets and we see a bird's eye view as we like pan out to see the cityscape kind of like a google map situation yeah we see him run away and it pans out to see all of caracas and the buildings all of a sudden are getting like engulfed by tentacles vines yeah bloody something or other and then we see our title card infection i love shots like this and this reveal of the title card so very cool now we're flying through like what looks like venezuelan countryside like mountains gorgeous green beautiful it looks almost like a lot of farmland also you kind of see little patches of like what may be um, crops being grown we see a man standing by a window and this is dr adang and he's having kind of a like a mini flashback of maybe like a hospital waiting area and he's explaining to the person on the on the phone that he's talking to that he has to move to Merida, which, if I'm not mistaken, is this country side of Venezuela. Mm-hmm. And a woman walks out. This is his wife, Anna. He asks if she feels okay, and that's like the end of a flashback. It's very short. Yeah. We're back in his house, and Alan is saying goodbye to his son, Miguel, because Miguel is going with his grandparents, Tina and Angel to go to their finca, to their farm, spend time with horses, spend time with the grandparents, because I guess Blanca, from the flashback, she's passed away. Miguel hasn't had a, hasn't spent a lot of time with his grandparents since that happened, so it's just for a week. He's going to go have fun with the grandparents, and you can tell that Alang is He's like... He's in mourning. He, but also, he doesn't really want to let go of his son right now because he yeah. probably still wants to have him close. And also, these aren't his parents. They're her parents, so it's right. his in-laws. So mm-hmm. this is probably really important for them, too, so, you know. Absolutely. As the As the grandparents and Miguel drive away... Alan goes back to his house and we see a guy walking by with a motorcycle. And this is Johnny, his Yoni. Yoni. (laughs) Yoni, his neighbor. Which is what I went by my entire life growing up. (laughs) Yonatan. Yoni. And he very sweetly is like, ¿Qué pasó, doctor? ¿Cómo estamos? And you can tell that like we're in the countryside. So Alan is a countryside doctor. Like he's yeah. there to help people from that are like maybe farmers in and the stuff pueblo, like that. Yeah, in los pueblos, like, that kind yeah. of stuff. So Yoni's like, ¿Qué pasó, doctor Alan? You know, he can tell that he seems lonely, that Miguel has just gone off with the grandparents. So he's like, he invites him over para una sopita y unas papitas with his wife, Ana. And Delicious. The doctor. Delicious and it's very sweet. And the doctor is like, sure, that sounds great. So they're having dinner, the soup. Johnny is obviously very in, lo- very in love with his wife, Anna, and, you know, they're very sweet. Mm-hmm. Anna is like, here, doctor, eat more. You know, our crops, We it's, it's not too much because our crops have been infected by vermin. But, you know, it's something. And you can tell there's already this vibe of, like, 
we don't have too much, but we're happy to share. You know what I mean? Like you can tell this is something that's maybe been going on. Yeah. But that these two, Johnny and his wife, that they're like willing enough to bring this guy in. Like, I feel like they would do this even if he wasn't suffering from his wife having died. Like it's just like, it feels like that's the kind of like people they are, which honestly, maybe, maybe this is kind of like a, a way that this director kind of chose to show the Venezuelan people like that. They support each other. Yes. Very much. Very much. So Johnny, after dinner, they say, let's go have a, a little drink outside. So they go outside to look at the crops, and Johnny's like, it's plant louse that's been eating our crops. Mm-hmm. And Alang sees a little ladybug, una mariquita, which made me think about last time we were talking about El Paramo. Yeah. When we were... we said something very quickly about how they call each other marica marica but i think yeah. and even though it, it it can be like a homophobic slur absolutely uh-huh. i thought about it and i was like i'm pretty sure that's also a common like way like slang of saying dude or person or like esa marica and ese marica and whatever uh-huh and mariquita means ladybug mm-hmm. but i think there also is it's very much Venezuelan and Colombian and uh-huh. of that area. Yeah. But I'm not quite sure. I tried to Google it and I couldn't really find anything. But I did catch that, that he was like, he called the little ladybug Mariquita. And I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So the doctor sees a little ladybug and he says, look, the crop is curing itself. The ladybug eats the louse. And he says, la naturaleza es así. Siempre encuentra una manera. Nature is like that. Listen, to quote Jeff Goldblum in oh, Jurassic Park. My God, I wrote the same thing. Jurassic life Park. finds a way. Life finds a way. I wrote it in all caps. Wow. <laughs> Nerds. Oh, my God. So we're back at the doctor's house. He's getting ready for bed. He has a little flashback of thinking about his wife Blanca and like snuggling in bed with Miguel and then you kind of in this flashback Uh which is very sweet but Miguel jumps on him (laughs) and I jumped fully fully jumped also they give you like a teeny little like boom in the music and Uh I was like Jesus Christ (laughs) so that was my first uh, I'd say that was my first jump right there (laughs) nice hilarious nice job Miguel so they do some snuggling in bed as a little family but Blanca gets up and starts coughing and she goes to barf so this is like we see her being ill we cut to the city I'm assuming Caracas and we're in a hospital a nurse is grabbing her backpack and she's getting ready to catch a flight when all of a sudden the beardo from the top, a Russian friend, I think he German Russian. Sorry, dude. Yeah. He is being brought in in a fucking stretcher, and he is convulsing, and he's like, but he's tied down and he's freaking out. And the nurse that's bringing him in is like, this guy got hit by a car. There's no documents on him. Like, what the hell? And the nurse who was getting ready to go kind of like looks down on him, and he says something to her, which I didn't catch what it was. But when he does speak. Some of, like, the blood or spit that was in his mouth lands in, like, the nurse's eye. And she's Ugh. like, ew, gross. Wash uh, the shit out of that. What are those things where you, like, p- put your eye and Right, like out, a bottle with the spout or whatever? Yeah, <laughs> you squeeze it and you eye wash or whatever. Gross. She's like, it's fine, take him over there, I gotta go catch my flight. And right behind him, 
another lady comes in holding her husband and the doctor going with them is like, what happened to the patient? And she's like, somebody bit him. It was a crazy man. And so you're all immediately you're like, it's happening. You guys. It's happening. We see the nurse boarding her flight and she's coughing up a storm and she's sitting down coughing like she this doesn't look well. <laughs> goddamn scene pumped my anxiety through the roof. Agreed. Because first of all, you know, we're in the thick of a coronavirus pandemic right now. And like getting on a plane, anxiety, first of all, like scary. Totally. But this woman does not cover her goddamn cough at all. Not at all. And I'm like, cover your goddamn cough. Senora. I'm already just like, please cover everything. Mask on. So after this pandemic is in quotation marks over, I can't even even imagine what I'm going to be like if I see somebody coughing without their mouth covered. Hello. But everybody's just chill in this plane. They're like, ah. Which is very cough all over me. It's very weird to see. Like I think in Mm -hmm. general nowadays, watching older things where there is no sanitation or or it it feels weird. You're just like, oh, something's wrong. Why aren't you taking? Why aren't you wearing a mask? Why is no? Why are people so close to one another? It's it's very strange. It's crazy how it has how this shit has affected us. It's insane. Exactly. So we get a little scene of the doctor again, and he's like taking care of uh, this little old campesina lady, and basically they're just giving us the vibe of like he's the country doctor. I love this little old lady. She's adorable. Doña (laughs) Mari, who's I'm living my life. (laughs) I'm living my life. I don't like staying in bed. And the doctor's like, you gotta rest. And she's like, si yo solo fui al al pueblo una dos veces. I've just just two times. I went to town and he's like, ma'am, I have coffee every morning and I see you going into town, you old little testaruda lady. I love her so much. We cut to Dr. Lucy Blake, who is an Australian woman. That works for the World Health Organization. Yes. Why are I'm you sorry. Giggling? I just, the fact that you just said Lucy Blake and through my notes, I kept writing different <laughs> names. I think I wrote like <laughs> Dr. Lucy Price and then it turned into like Dr. Kelly Price, Dr. Katie. Kelly Price is a singer. I, I, I could not remember her goddamn name. Lucy Price. Blake. Lu- Lucy Blake. Blake. <laughs> Where is Price coming from? Do not ask me. I have no idea. Anyways, oh Dr. Dr. Lucy Blake of the World Health Organization is in her office and she's watching footage online of a poor like slum part of town and it's it looks like it's somebody filming on a phone and they're running into this house. There's a guy tied to a bed and his family is all around him like screaming at him. He's like, "No, stop. Deja no está loco whatever." Yeah. Screaming and he is convulsing, freaking out like really crazy one of his hands comes undone and he grabs a girl that's in the corner and he attacks her and you're just like what the fuck a man comes into dr lucy's office and he calls her into a conference room and she's basically doing a zoom call with dr carlos and he is explaining to her that the first report came from a public hospital in Caracas that the man was arrested for assault and he had symptoms of neurological disorder, paranoia, hallucinations, and seizures. But there's no communications with the hospital because they're in quarantine. 
And when you're watching this footage of him on this like Zoom call, it's really glitchy. You can tell like the internet is bad. And we see behind him some people like running down the stairs really fast. And all of a sudden the doctor has gone and the call is cut off. So the man that went to get Dr. Lucy says that it's time to contact the UN that it's this is a level four. Whichever what, the whatever the fuck. That what that means, bad. who knows? Bad. Now we see Dr. Alang driving through the countryside. He's, the, okay, he's gorgeous. Oh my God, these dreamy eyes. These just dreamy like, eyes, oh pools. God. Gorgeous eyes, gorgeous hair, Just a beautiful skin. Beautiful man. A pleasure to look at throughout this Yes, ab- absolutely. <laughs> so he's driving through the countryside. He's on his way to town. He calls Miguel. They talk about riding horses. And is he listening to his grandma? And Miguel says, Dad, I saw six military planes pass over the farm. Not good. Uh-oh. So now Dr. Alang is in town. He's in a grocery store. The shelves are bare. Yeah. And I'll say this. It's not because we're in a full zombie epidemic yet. Nope. This is very telling. These details are very telling of what the Venezuelan life is at that moment. And then on top of it, we get the madness that is about to ensue. While he's looking through on at the empty shelves... We hear the radio and it says, El Sistema Bolivariano de Comunicación e Información a través de satélite Simón Bolívar transmite a continuación un mensaje de la República Bolivariana de Venezuela. Like, this is a, this is a public message to the people mm-hmm. by the government, basically. As he's looking through the shelves, a woman runs by him holding armfuls of stuff, like paper yeah. towels and whatever, and she runs out the door, and the cashier is like, Oye, señora, señora, ¿qué, señora, ¿qué está haciendo? And runs out after her, chases her. Doctor Adán chases after them to see what's going on, and as he steps out of the store, an ambulance crashes, and here we go. The back of the ambulance opens. A fucking infected guy pops out, attacks a civilian. A random guy from a park that is close by with a mask on uh-huh. shoots a gun and kills this infected guy. And then an actual like security slash police dude is like, put down your gun. And then he gets attacked by a zombie. And it's chaos it's so crazy like how everything just goes from zero to a hundred in a moment truly and he the guy who with the mask who's shooting he's like don't touch him you'll get infected and dr alang is even like why are you shooting and all of a sudden the behind him the building explodes (laughs) and he's like fuck it i'm getting out of here he gets in his car in his car he hears the radio saying venezuela is at peace the country is producing and working despite la locura y desesperación de pequeños grupos. Wow. Literally, the radio is saying, what you're hearing are lies. What you're seeing is fake. It's not true. Everything's fine. Exactly. Yeah. Look, at Venezuela is thriving. Yeah. So, desesperación de pequeños grupos that are trying to get the attention from the world with small outbreaks so that Venezuela can be intervenida. So blaming these groups so that people can see and they can come and intervene with Venezuela. Right. Mm -hmm. Not even help. Like take over, I think, is the thing. Yeah. 
So as he's driving up to his house, Johnny comes out of his house and he's carrying Anna. He's like, an old man bit her and then she didn't feel well and now she's acting weird. So they put her in the truck and they take off to go to the doctor's office, which is basically his house as well. At his office, the doctor, um, Dr. Adang, sedates her and he runs to his car to check his phone because he's like, holy shit, my kid. Yeah. On his phone, he sees that Tina, the grandma, has called, but he missed a phone call. She leaves a voicemail. He tries calling. It won't connect. She's like, my phone has been really bad. So we're seeing that everything's falling apart. Everything is falling apart. He goes into his house. He goes and Googles virus in Venezuela. And he gets footage of a doctor explaining that it's transmitted through mucus and the bloodstream, that it's a new pathology. So they have to run tests to figure out what's going on. Because so, everybody's like, what? what is this? What is it? He's like, I don't right. fucking know. This is new. And some dude is even like, people are calling it the El zombie virus. zombie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a knock on the door and Johnny has brought in sedated ass Anna and he's like, Mira, she's not she's not responding and, and poor Dr. Adang is like, I sedated her, bro. She's not supposed to be fucking responding. Relax. <laughs> he's like, he's bring her in, bring her in. Another knock on the door, and it's two neighbors, a man and a woman, and they're like, Hola doctor, we saw that Johnny came in with Anna. Is everything okay? And they're like, Come in, come in, come in. So while they're all like gathering in there. Anna starts coming too. And Johnny's like, she's responding. She was, she's responding, but it's not good. No. I mean, this whole time I'm just like, you guys move Get away out. from her. It's move away from her. Now. And but so everybody's doctor, like, as close as possible. <laughs> just, just climb it on top up of in her. There. <laughs> so Dr. Adang checks her eyes and her mouth, her mouth is clenched. Like she's, her teeth are like, like you can tell. Oh my god, awful! And it must be. I'm assuming like blood. Like the clenching is making it blood. It's horrible looking. Awful, awful. And the and eyes. The eyes, because then all of a sudden she opens her eyes and she gets up and she's ready to fucking munch on people. And she grabs the neighbor that came in and gives him a bite. And then Johnny and Doctor Adang are trying to like control her, and they accidentally like chuck her to the ground. She smacks her head on the corner of a table. She passes out. But now the neighbor has a bite on his arm. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Alang tries again to call his son. Nothing. Back inside, Yoni's listening to the radio and it's basically giving warnings to stay inside. If your friends or loved ones are showing symptoms, call 911. And all this while Dr. Alang is tending to the neighbor's bite mark. The lady neighbor is like no hay internet they're checking their phones they can't fucking figure it out all of a sudden dr adang's phone rings and it's dr carlos the guy who was talking to dr lucy at the, the top zoom call. The zoom call and he's like i have bad signal pero you have to get over here everyone's been evacuated from the lab for security measures he's literally wearing a hazmat suit he's in a quarantined like tented military yeah. base it looks like and he says to alang he says you need to come to where i am i'm going to send you the coordinates so you can get over here i need as many people as i can get to help me figure this out and he says avoid traveling through the cities because they're fucked but Alan is like I can't go I need to get my son yeah and he's like bro Caracas is empty everything is in quarantine the orders are to kill anyone that's been infected like to legit shoot them and as and because the phone call is not a good phone call he's like ah 
quién, matar a quién, 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 quién tenemos que matar. And we see in the house, these three sweet little campesinos are listening in. Mm -hmm. We can hear you. Like, Fuck. But that straight up means I can't take you to the hospital. We can't take Anna to the hospital. I can't take your bitten arm to the hospital because if we try to go to the hospital, you'll be shot and killed. Which is exactly what Johnny says. Johnny's like, See, if we take Anna to the hospital, they're going to kill her. And Alan is genuinely like, I don't really know, but that's what this fucking guy just told me. Yeah. All of a sudden, the power goes out. Ugh. There's a sound of a plane going overhead and they're like, fuck it. Let's pile in this truck and go. Now we're in Aragua, which is where Miguel is in the finca with his grandparents. And we see Angel, the grandpa, walking to a neighboring finca. It's pitch black. It's dark. He sees that there's a truck still on. It's still running with the door open. He enters the house and he's looking and asking for Roberto. Roberto, Roberto, does your phone work, Roberto? And he's got a flashlight and it's empty. It's literally filmed like found footage style where you're seeing, um, sorry, um, the grandpa's perspective yeah. in this. So you see him like look behind a curtain. You see him like peering behind doors. Uh, the, the tension and fear in this little scene was so goddamn... This was so well shot right here. Absolutely. So he walks through this house. He can't find Roberto. And he eventually gets to a little outside courtyard. And he sees a man sitting in a chair. And he goes around to see. And he sees that this man has shot himself in the head. And he gets so afraid and like backs up. And he's like, holy fuck. So Angel, the grandpa, goes back to his own house. And he talks to Tina, the grandma. She, she, he tells her Roberto died. He blew his fucking brains out. And they're like doing it quietly so Miguel won't hear. Yeah. The power goes out there too. Oh my God. It's the country's awful. shutting down. The, it reminds me of when we lived in Nicaragua. Like mm -hmm. even when we lived in Managua, which is the main city, yeah. there were days where the power would just go out and you're like, ah, okay, bueno, pues, grab your candles. What are you going to do? You know what I mean? Yeah. We always yeah. had a bucket underneath our fucking um, shower filled with water in case the water went out yeah so it was that's just the thing yeah. you do the the thing that makes it particularly more strange in this situation which is i think i a thing i don't think would normally happen but they keep hearing planes fly ahead, yes. fly overhead like yeah. choppers and planes and you're like something is fucking wrong it's bad Angel tells Tina, the grandparents that he's gonna go out and try and find someone that has a working phone and he's like do not let anyone in. And she's like, all right, bro. You got it. So now we're with Alang and the gang in their truck, and they arrive at a police barricade. And immediately they shoot at them, which is terrifying. Never in, in zombie films, police and military, never trust. Never. Because police and military, like, it's like a source of power. And then it's like, oh, once shit goes haywire, then it's like, I'm going to take advantage of this situation and I'm going to fucking run things. Yeah. So when they shoot at the car, The zombies that are hanging out in the forest around them hear it. It's dinner time. Literally, they might as well have been like, this way, gang, because <laughs> all of a sudden it's a swarm of them. Like, And the way they shot this is so great because it's almost like your viewpoint is almost like you're one of the zombies because it's running frantically alongside the other people running. And also, BT dubs 
estos hijos de la gran puta son rápidos. Oh, they're fast as fuck. It's The closest terrifying. thing that I could think of with these, like if you wanted to compare these zombies, they look like 28 days later-ish yes. zombies. Like the red eyes, very, very fast. Mm -hmm. And also, they're not dead. No. They're just infected, like 28 days later. Yes. Alan, after they've shot at his fucking truck, steps out with his hands up and he's like, hey, I'm a doctor. I have some sick people here. I need to go to the hospital. And the police is like, no, dude, you can't go through unless we inspect everyone. So everyone get out of the fucking car. They all come out with their hands up. Literally at the same time, Anna comes out of the car, now fully a zombie. And from the woods, all the zombies come and just like literally it's mayhem again. Anna attacks one of the neighbors. They're shooting everywhere. It's madness. The swiftness at which in this movie you're introduced to new characters and then they are quickly dispatched. Yeah. Like it's like you don't have a moment to create a relationship with them. But if you really think about it, if this like zombie thing were to really happen, this would happen. Absolutely. You don't have a moment to get close to anybody. It's just like no. go, 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 go. Sorry about it. You're being eaten. I can't help you. Goodbye. I tried my best. Bye. That's it. So Alan grabs Johnny. Johnny is trying to get to Anna because he loves his wife and <laughs> wants to make yeah. sure she's okay. And he's like, fuck it. Get in the car. Get in the car. And they drive away. As they drive away, Johnny is pissed. He's like, why were they like that? Why was Anna like that? And he's like, stop the car. Stop the car. I gotta get out. So he gets out and he's like, I gotta go find her. I'm not gonna leave her like she's fucking garbage. Mm -hmm. And Alan is like, believe me, I understand. And Johnny's like, mira, your wife died of cancer in a bed. My wife was sick and got shot at. Like, it's not the same. Which, obviously, it's a sore subject. Like, Johnny mm -hmm. immediately, you can tell, feels bad for saying that. Alan is like... Yeah, damn, dude. Yeah, damn, <laughs> dude. But also, you're not wrong. It's two very different things. Johnny's about to leave, but like he comes to his senses. They get back in the truck. Alan is like, listen, let come with me to go get Miguel. So they go. We see a helicopter flying into that military tented quarantine area. And it's Dr. Lucy arriving to meet with Dr. Carlos. Dr. Lucy Price or whatever it was that you called her. I, I did write it here, Dr. Lucy Blake. So I'm still on the correct <laughs> path, but it's about to swiftly shift. <laughs> so Dr. Lucy Blake, she meets with Dr. Carlos and they head into the quarantine tented area where they have the bearded Russian guy from the top. Yeah. And he's chained to a cot. Basically, Dr. Carlos explains what the symptoms are. And he, I mean, fucking bearded dude, it's squirming it Ooh. up. Chomping those chompers. This is when he says people are calling it the crocodile virus. And then bearded guy turns around and like literally snaps his teeth. And the sound Ooh. of the, this happens throughout the film. Their jaws and like their teeth like clamping. It's horrible. That's why your teeth are so bloody. That's why it's all full of blood. You're smashing your teeth. Because you're smashing. And eating people. <laughs> crashing your teeth upon each other. It's awful. So back to Dr. Alang and Johnny, and they're driving down a freeway, and it's fucking chaos. Oh my God. People are screaming everywhere. One guy shoots another regular human guy to take his fucking car. Someone comes up to Alang and is asking for help, like, please, por favor, te lo ruego, take me with you. And Alang is like, no, 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 and he goes. So we're seeing, like, sure, they're zombies, but the human instinct is, I need to do anything to survive. People are freaking out, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 
We see an apartment. It looks like a little or like a little house. A family is hiding behind a couch and there's a television that's turned on. And we see on the TV Nicolas Maduro and his wife giving a thumbs up and it looks like they're in a private jet. A fancy ass private jet. Just all smiles like have giving fun y'all. Yeah. And the Chiron of the of the news says la revolución debe vivir Viviremos y venceremos. And it's still like Maduro, like, yeah. Through the window, right next door to that TV, we see and hear like zombies running and rushing and stopping up at the window that of this apartment and like snapping their jaws again. And all of a sudden, one of the zombies breaks through this window, attacks the dad that's there, attacks the mom, and this young man that is seeing all of this manages to escape. When one of the zombies eats, the other guy, the blood gushes and lands all over the TV screen where Maduro is still giving the thumbs up. That shot, Oof. as Maduro, you, it shows him fl- like flying off, leaving, Smiling. he's leaving, leaving Venezuela, leaving these people who are being eaten. He's just like, you're going to be fine, everybody, as people are being torn apart. Ooh, yes. that is a, that's a shot. That is a statement. Yeah. Alang and Johnny are fixing a tire on the side of the road. As they're getting ready to drive away, they see a man running and he's being chased by two zombies. And they're like, okay, come over here. And again, these motherfuckers are fucking fast. They are sprinting. Eventually, the man reaches Alang and Johnny, gets in the truck, and they fucking drive away. And these zombies are still like sprinting after that yeah. truck. I'm pretty sure this guy, this young guy who just got into the truck, Luis. That is the dude from the house with the TV. That's the same guy, right? Yeah. The three of them drive through the country. It's fucking dark and their truck runs out of gas. Now they got to walk. They're armed with a bat and a machete. And as they're walking, they've walked through the night. It's now daytime. And they see across the way a sign for a hotel. So they start walking towards it. As they're getting there, they see a gas station and there's a cop lying on the floor dead. But then right behind one of the gas pumps is a fucking zombie. And boom, he tries to attack Alang. The other one attacks Johnny. Luis grabs the dead cop's gun and shoots the zombie that's on Alang. And then the sound of the shot attracts even more of them. So they fucking manage to escape. And they hear someone yell, Aquí, vengan para acá. And there's a man with a shotgun that lets them into the gated side door of the hotel. This is, again, a nice thing to see that I appreciate in this movie. Of course, you see people being shitty like we just saw, people shooting each other, you know, mayhem like that. But to also show complete strangers being like, I will help you. Come here. Come come here. Come here. Let's work together. I really, really appreciate that, particularly in these films. So... Inside, we meet una señora, the man with a a shotgun, which is Jose, and the young woman, which I believe is their daughter, Cristal. After explaining that everything is chaos to this, like, new gang, Alang is like, we've been seeing madness. The man with the shotgun asks, do any of you have any cigarettes? And everybody's (laughs) like, no. And he's like, I only have this one left. And I literally wrote, Smoke them if you got them. Oh, yeah. I think it's it's meant to point out the luxuries mm. of this day and age. You can't. It's just not a thing you can have anymore. Mm-hmm. So if you have it, do it now because 
you're probably not going to get another chance to do it. Yeah. We see the barricades in these hotels and the des- deserted, destroyed streets. And Jose, the man with the shotgun, says they should get some rest because tomorrow they're going to try and find some water. And Alang is like, listen, I'll help you out for a little bit, but we got to go. I got to go get my son. We see some footage of like La Senora. She's playing, praying the rosary. Luis is fully having a mental breakdown, like sobbing openly. Basically, they're showing the despair in this moment mm-hmm. because now that mm-hmm. they have like a second to sit down and take a breath, it's like they can start to process what the hell is going on. Exactly. We see the finca. Of the grandparents. A plane flies overhead and we hear the grandma calling for Miguel. The door to his room opens and he's standing really ominously staring out of his window. And he turns around to look towards the camera and a hand pops out of the window and grabs him. To the ceiling. To the (laughs) ceiling. It was all a dream, to quote Mm -hmm. Notorious B.I.G., it was poor Alam having a nightmare. So Alam walks out of his tiny room that he's staying, that he has to himself in this hotel, which that's kind of nice. I was so confused at this point, though. I was like, where did they, like, why did they split up? What are you doing? There is no one. Nobody's close to him. Nary a person around wow. him. His that's, bat is. That's ballsy. Yeah. His bat is leaning against the corner. He he leaves the room without taking his bat. I was like, bro, what the Honey, fuck are you doing? Come on. Por this favor. was so confusing. Come on, everybody. So he walks out. He's walking into these empty, dark hotel wall ha- halls. From down the way, a zombie walks out of another room, and he's like, fuck. And then all of a sudden, he sees him and chases him back into his room. He tries to barricade the door, but he can't. So he runs back. He grabs his bat and smashes that fucking dude's brains in. But at this point, more zombies have heard him. So one Mm -hmm. comes down the hall, but he's able to barricade this time. But it's not a very strong barricade. So he's like, I need to get the fuck out of here. He sees a weak spot on the wall of of the bricks and he smashes through that and crawls into the neighboring room. Very quietly, he looks out and he sees the zombie at his door. But then he looks on the other side, right by the staircase that goes up to the roof. He sees two more zombies there and he's like, I got to make a run for it. You got to do it. Which he does. He fucking runs and those fuckers chase him and he goes up the stairs and he goes up to the rooftop and he smashes one with a fucking piece of wood. And the other one comes running at him and he chucks him off of the fucking rooftop. (laughs) Boom. Head splat. Full head splat. Full head splat. Great job. And then the third one comes running and blam, Cristal is there and she's shot it. He's like, where the fuck is everybody, dude? And she's like, and she doesn't know where they are either, which is- what happened last night you guys who why where people just going for walks what the fuck is going on here madness so they go back down into the hotel and cristal gives her gives alang her gun and as they walk through the hallways there's like it's super dark there's water spilling from the ceiling there's blood fucking everywhere Mm -hmm. they eventually get out into the courtyard and jose and la senora have been hiding because he used up all his shotgun bullets. 
And they're like, where the fuck is Johnny and Luis? And they explained that they tried to help a lady and her kid, but the kid ran one way and then Johnny and Luis ran the other. Jose is like, I'll go get the kid. You go to Johnny and Luis who are on the other side across the way. As they go, they like have to, there's a, uh, not a, like a chain link gate that like is on wheels that they open and close really fast so that they can go to this area. So as Alan goes one way and Jose goes the other, a zombie hears Alang and chases him but he makes it inside and in the room we see that Luis in the captions or in the subtitles it said his leg was broken Mm -hmm. but it looked more like just like an open horrible gash wound maybe the bone like is popping out I couldn't tell I think it's supposed to be that the bone came out which because then because he's about to reset that leg Luis's leg is not well yeah (laughs) Alang is like tending to it And Jose, now with the kid that he got from the room, tries to sneak back to the other side of the chain link gate where Cristal and La Señora are at. But there's a zombie there too. And it chases them back into the room, eventually getting inside of the room, which means that's it. That's it. They're fucking dead. La Señora, seeing this, freaks out and tries to run after Jose. But ma'am, you can't. Because who's coming along? Another fucking zombie. She gets taken down. Plus, everybody's everybody's just screaming, screaming. Like, they're it's calling just, again, attention. Like, they're all going to come to you if you keep screaming like this. Come on, everybody. Exactly. I guess they don't really know this yet, but it's just you like... You guys, you should know. Please, yeah. Cristal... Again, also chases after La Señora. We look over and this lady, her mouth is wide open and fucking black. This this zombie was terrifying to me. It almost looked like CGI mouth, but it wasn't. She could just open her mouth real big. It was awful. And she's fucking running towards Cristal. Cristal, like fucking gets finds a hole climbs in into like a weird kitchen area and she's okay but she finds a way to sneak back to the gate to let alan and yoni and luis through so alan pops out and he's like are you okay did you get bit and she's like no i'm I'm fine i'm okay Bam! Zombie bites her. Yeah. And then a slew of zombies come and chase her into another room. They're tearing it apart. They get in. Goodbye to Cristal. Again, this family that I thought, oh, this is going to be kind of like our new crew. They are quickly done away with in five minutes. Yes, very swiftly. Back in the room, the three men, Alan, Johnny, and Luis, have to figure out what to do. Luis is going through it. His leg is I busted. Was, Luis, shut the fuck. He's screaming. Shut it. Like, do some, like, deep breathing or med... Like, I know it hurts, but shut Brother, the fuck up. Por favor. So they're like, we're gonna get gas, and we're gonna get out of here so and find a place where they can treat Luis's leg. So it's the next day. They head to the same gas station they were at before. Alan finds a truck and he and a bucket and he fills up this bucket with some gas and out of the side we see these two motorcycle people with like some real mad max looking vibes motorcycle (laughs) gang from mad max i must say when they showed up i was like really guys 
really. This look is a little a little much. But... Did we did we have to go zero to apocalypse that fast? Yeah, like it's like... been two days since yeah. the zombie started. We're already putting <laughs> right. goggles on the top of our head. No, Come on. No. Like these dusty <laughs> outfits. I I don't think so. It was guys. <laughs> so these Mad Max motherfuckers show up. They they you can tell they're up to no good. Oh yeah. They're the bad guys. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. They're the bad humans. Like we have right. the zombies, mm-hmm. but then we have the bad humans as well. Mm-hmm. But eventually they drive away because Alang hides underneath the truck. They fuel up and they get the fuck out of there. We're back in the finca with Grandma Tina and she sees a car approaching. It's Grandpa Angel. They did this very well where like it was all very slow. Ooh, and yeah. he kind of like gets out of the car and goes all around the house. And she follows his shadow from inside the house up until you they get to- You can see him like through the windows and shit. Yeah. And she Spooky. gets to the front door and she goes to open and he's like, no, don't, don't open, don't open for anyone. And he's coughing and he turns around and on the, on his back, there's a huge wound. And she's like, ¿Qué te pasó en la espalda? and he's like, no, she goes to try and open again. He's like, don't do it. Don't open the door for anyone. He's like fully dying in front of her eyes. He collapses. The camera zooms in on the door knob and she's opening the door. Cut to the next scene. So now we're back with the three guys, and they are lost. They were following the coordinates that Dr. Carlos gave to Alan, because Alan was like, I'll drop you off with Dr. Carlos, and he can figure out your leg. But there's nothing. There's nothing anywhere. Alan gets out of the truck to go look. From the back seat, Luis kind of sees something out in the bush. It's nighttime. It's pure dark. And he, like, signals to Johnny who turns on the headlights, bam, a fucking zombie comes running out of these like tall grass wreaths. Johnny's like, Luis, get to the front of the car, start the car, start it now. But Luis is a mess. His leg is busted. He can't crawl properly. And Johnny comes out like trying to fight the zombies off. The zombies fully come through the window and pull Luis out. And like he is engulfed. Alam comes running back from wherever he was looking and he shoots the zombie that's attacking Johnny and he tries to shoot the other ones but he runs out of bullets so they fucking start running running into the fucking bush Zombies in hot pursuit A hot pursuit, these fuckers again are so fucking fast, it's terrifying. All of a sudden in this huge like clearing as they're running, these floodlights turn on and machine guns are just shooting down these zombies and the guys drop to their to the ground they raise their hands they're like we're not infected we're not infected the military are like have you been bit they're like no we're not bit all right take your fucking clothes off (laughs) (laughs) oh this scene this scene first of all our two main dudes are hot stuff i mean we got hot along but johnny is Johnny's got fucking, he's got 40-year-old dad bod hotness. Ooh, which honestly, I prefer over- It's my favorite. Me too! I prefer, like, if I had, (laughs) wow. But out of the two of them, I'm taking Johnny. Give me Johnny all day. Johnny's got a beard, and he's a sweet man that that loves his wife. beautiful curly hair. Give me that fucking Johnny all day. Absolutely. I would be too intimidated by Alan. I'd be like, you're too beautiful. You're too pretty. Those yeah. abs, demasiado. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But Johnny would hold me tight through the night and I'd be great. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Wow. Damn, so, you two. Woo. 
So Adán also says that he's here to see Dr. Carlos. So El Capitán, the main military dude there, is like, all right, come on in. So Johnny and Adán are disinfected with some, like, spray stuff. Sure. And they meet with Dr. Carlos. As they're, like, seeing this facility that they're in, this tented military quarantine situation, they walk by basically a pit filled with corpses being burnt. It's... Mm -hmm awful they leave johnny to like have a snack in a tent <laughs> and uh alan goes to meet dr lucy this and... is where she turned into kelly blake <laughs> i wrote alan meets kelly blake question mark <laughs> kelly blake so wow. they meet dr lucy kelly blake and dr carlos <laughs> introduces oh, him as one of the best specialists in molecular medicine and Adán pulls Dr. Carlos aside and he's like, I have to go find Miguel. And Dr. Carlos is like, it's fucking suicide if you do. But right before we see that, this like little conversation they have, we see these scientists working on like little beakers and, you know, mm-hmm. microscopes and hazmat suits. And we see footage from their like computer screens and stuff like that, where we see basically people clamoring in front of storefronts and trucks and like trying to take things as much as possible which is actual footage of Venezuela we see protest signs that say hartos de sobrevivir queremos vivir which I remember seeing it when the protests were happening in Venezuela and I was like oof this is fucking tough there's also a clip of an article that says that's entitled crisis humanitaria en Venezuela so while we see this footage that's when we hear Alam saying like I I can't stay like I got to find my son dude while he's saying this he notices that Dr Lucy is looking at some mutated cells on the screen and he says that's a le- okay. Here comes some science garble, guys. Hold, hang with us. <laughs> He's like, this is a Lisa virus type, and Doctor Lucy explains it's a new genotype of the rabies virus. Doctor Alam is like, yeah, but rabies is one of the most stable viruses that exist, and we see on the computer. Uh, on the corner, we see bearded guy in the cot still lying down somewhere. We see a bat x-ray and then we also see in the bottom a supermarket getting ransacked so it's just like a lot of information visually being sent to us Alang figures out the main subject the guy uh, bearded Russian had a drug found in him which was dysmorphine and that maybe he got infected with rabies when the drug started taking effect so like maybe that bat I mean, there was a fucking dead bat there that yeah. sitting with the needle. Like, God knows how you could have, or a bat landed on him and munched on him. Who fucking knows? But the idea here, I'm assuming, is that the fact that he was shooting, <laughs> I mean, what do we know? <laughs> but the fact that he was shooting up dysmorphine, I thought it was, huh, whatever it is. Can't tell shooting up drugs, which gives you the druggy effect, plus the rabies, the mix of the drug use and the rabies, whatever, caused this mutated virus that's what we're learning here because they say the following science (laughs) sentence which is when the virus has no quadrant of comparison it tries to simulate a similar virus and so i was like okay that okay sounds right sciencey plus you got fucking rabies plus bats bit you or you've been hanging out with dead bats everywhere we're disgusting (laughs) 
But then Dr. Adán also asks, is there an immune population? And Dr. Lucy's like, no. And also, why are there no kids? It's mm -hmm. only adult infected. While all of this is happening, the military is outside this quarantine tented area and they're like, you know, on the lookout. And from the bush, a fucking humongous swarm of infected come running out and they basically take over. They like overtake all the military, even though they're shooting everyone. The doctors and Johnny from his like snack tent, they like run, <laughs> they're protected by the Capitan. And then Johnny goes to pick up a, a fucking AK-47 or whatever. And one of the military guys is like, you can't fucking take that, you're a civilian. And Johnny says, los infectados no saben si somos militares. Militares o civiles, no seas huevón. And I was like, yes. thank you. They don't fucking they don't know. know. They don't yeah. care. They'll eat me either way, you dick. You idiot. Hello. Let me protect myself, asshole. So now it's daylight, and the doctors and Johnny and the Capitan, they try to decide what to do. What to do. El Capitan, who's a big-ass dick. Oh, like, this guy's his an name asshole. In my notes was Captain Asshole. Captain Asshole. He's like, okay, vámonos a Fortuna. And Alan is like, no, dude. We have to contact the World Health Organization so they can send aid to us. And Dr. Lucy's like, honey, they closed the borders days ago, which is a surprise to him. Mm -hmm. And so basically this is saying if we're going to fix this, we have to fix this from the inside. So El Capitan freaks the fuck out. He's full Capitan asshole. And he's like, no, tenemos que ir a Fortuna, que no sé qué. And Dr. Carlos is like, listen, we have to go to the lab because we were so close to finding the cure. And then all the zombies attacked us. We need to go back and fix this now. And basically, they're like, do you have a fucking family, Capitan asshole? Because... If you like this is we're all going to die. Nobody is right. sending us help. We need to do this or we're ourselves. Fucked. Exactly. Yeah. So Alang pulls Johnny aside and he's like, you need to go with them. I, I have to go find my son. Dr. Lucy is like this kind of crisis brings out the worst in people. So be careful. So Johnny gives Alang his gun and they say goodbye. The doctors drive away with Johnny. They literally drive through a plane, a crashed plane that's been split in two. It was crazy. Love that I'm going to say that's the no no cover the mouth coughing nurse's plane. That's, that's the what, fucking plane. I agree. I, that's, I was like, that bitch, she made that plane she fucking turned, drop. She, everybody <laughs> she, started eating each other, and that plane crashed. Dived into the that's, ground. She, she should have covered her goddamn mouth. Ma'am, cover your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Alang walks down an empty road. There's dilapidated buildings all around him. There's dead people laying everywhere. And in this huge, like, empty, desolate area, we see a billboard that reads, Un logro de la revolución bolivariana. Out of, like, way from down there, a big blue van drives, drives up to him. And a woman and a man step out and they ask him if he wants water. And they have... The creepiest creep vibes Are I've ever... Are we in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre right That's now? That's literally what I thought. I was like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think it's more so the son. It's a man baby. This kind a of total, big guy uh -huh. in a teeny little tank top with long hair, hanging out with his mama. He's way too old. Like, it's just so creepy. So creepy. And when they offer him water, and Adam is like, no thanks, I'm good. This... No, but they're like... 
can you drink drink our water? The drink baby it. man is Why like, don't you want water? I don't like it when people are ungrateful. Yeah. No me gustan los malagradecidos. What? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you, no thanks, I'm good. And they're still like, come get it, come get our fucking water. <laughs> and then this man baby goes back to the van, picks up his, <laughs> picks up his shotgun, and is about fuck? to fucking shoot. Alang, and he's like, fuck you, bam, bam, kills the man baby. And then the mom, who's like, ay, mi hijo, and then turns around back and is like, maldito. And he's like, nope, bam, bam, kill you Bye. too, ma'am, because y'all, I don't trust y'all. So he goes to see in the van about this actual water, and he's about to take a sip when he hears some noise from the back of the van. And he's like, who's there, who's there? And they're like, it's us, help us, please help us. And it's two people with their hands tied. Basically, those fucking two Texas Chainsaw Massacre weirdos captured these two who were trying to go to the south of Venezuela after they had like a bus accident. And they're like, please take us with you, take us with you, please, sir, please. They're like, are te lo rogamos is what they say and Alang is like I'm gonna go get my son do you wanna come that's where I'm going (laughs) and they're like okay sure yes let's go so they all get into the blue van and they drive away all of a sudden as they're driving the woman starts feeling sick and she's like can you pull over can you pull over I feel sick I feel sick immediately I was like oh she didn't tell them that she's bit oh god here here we go they pull over she barfs the man is like is she infected and Dr. Alang is like she doesn't have the symptoms it seems and then she drops the fucking knowledge that she pregnant Mm -hmm. uh oh we cut to the doctors and the capitan and Johnny in the truck and it has stalled but they're like the lab isn't far we can walk from here and then these horses appear at full gallop and Dr. Lucy's like they're running from the infected and so all of a sudden here we see fucking a swarm again and they're running too back at the van bam like literally we're back at the van and boom the zombies, zombies are eating this woman and this man that from the van we've known this pregnant woman and this poor man for two minutes we literally just found out she is pregnant and there they go being torn apart by zombies absolutely nice knowing you bye yeah sorry about it alang tries to shoot the zombies but like the, the couple is that's it so he gets in the van the van won't start so he just fucking runs into the woods back to the doctors and johnny and capitan they are so close to the lab but those motherfucker zombies are so fucking fast. fast they shoot but they're running out of bullets there's just keep running and running the zombies again engulf el capitan but right before they do he pulls his grenade bam he explodes them. Nice job, even though yeah. you're an asshole. Johnny and Dr. Lucy climb the stairs. They're at the door of the lab. They're banging. They're like, let us in, let us in. The infected are on their heels. Dr. Carlos falls on the stairs. That's it, buddy. He's taken Ooh. by those zombies. He is fully yeah. eaten. The guy in, inside the lab is like, I can't let you in. And they're like, you motherfucker, let us in. And so they do, finally. Back in the forest, Adam is running and he's managed to get away from the zombies. He looks over at a very beautiful peaceful river and it's filled with dead bodies Ugh. it's all so i kept thinking awful. was like people in the are water gonna continue to get yeah it's gonna be in the water people are gonna drink and get sick totally finally he's at the finca by the way this finca is beautiful gorgeous gorgeous house, finca. so colorful gorgeous he gets to the door and he's calling for tina's name from the back of the house inside zombie grandpa appears the appearance of him it's 
He doesn't even run out. He just kind of appears Steps and looks. from behind a wall, mm-hmm. yes. It was terrifying. So, so terrifying, but also just like your heart breaks. Yeah. So zombie grandpa runs to, um, but the door is closed. So he's like, the door has like windows in it. He breaks through the window and is trying to grab at him. Alam starts sobbing and he has to kill the grandpa, which he does. He goes inside. He finds Tina is dead on the ground. He walks through the house he gets to Miguel's door. He kicks it down. And there's Miguel lying on the bed with his back towards his dad. He turns him over. Miguel has been bit. And Alang is sobbing. He's like, it's okay, honey. It's okay. And he's like, when did you get bit? And Miguel said, yesterday. Oh, okay. okay. So they get in the car. And they drive through Venezuela. There's like buildings on fire in the background, bodies everywhere. Again, just an absolute disaster zone. It's night. They arrive in an area where there's, again, bodies on the ground and cars stalled. A woman limps up to the car and she's like, please stop, please stop. But mm-hmm. she's one of those Mad Max people that we saw. I recognize the hair. The hair immediately like, and the goggles the on hair. the head. <laughs> She's asking for help. And she's like, tengo algo aquí. She grabs her side and she's like, I got something here. I was like, ooh, girl, don't. Suddenly, the people that were on the ground stand up. There's people comes out of the stalled cars. They're just like all swarming this car. Not zombies, regular Mad Max humans. Yeah. And the woman shoots Alang. Up close and personal, like into the gut or yeah. somewhere. Somewhere in close to the gut. Yeah. Shoots him, and they take Miguel. Alang falls out of the car and goes unconscious. But while he's going unconscious, you hear someone saying, Alang, Alang, no se lleven al niño. Don't take the kid. Don't take the kid. Mm-hmm. And then he goes black. We see the Venezuelan countryside. Alang and his wife, Blanca. Alang saying goodbye to Miguel, like, from the top. And then we see Johnny driving. And he's like, Alang, don't go to sleep. Don't fall asleep. Back to black. We hear hospital sounds, little beeps and boops and stuff. And we see Alang. And what we hear are different radio frequencies and different, like, snippets of news. And people are saying, like, I'm a nurse from so-and-so and and we have no Mm -hmm. food and water. And I'm living in this area and we don't have this. Can someone send help? And the different snippets of the news are saying, borders have been open for 12 hours. And we see footage of just thousands, like, sea of people going through these borders exodus it's mass exodus of the of the people there's also protests you see uh, people fighting against armed police another piece of like radio maybe news footage says we hear that there were kids and that the kids were immune and that no one under 10 had the infection and we just never noticed which is like guys hello Come on. I mean, it did all happen real fast. Of course. So, you know. We also hear another snippet saying the virus had made things worse. Even though both aren't connected, there was still the ongoing political crisis that the presidency wouldn't take action that President Maduro has pretty much ignored it. Wow. So, yeah. As Adam wakes up, Dr. Lucy explains that they used Miguel's blood to make the serum and that it's being distributed around the country. Then we see Adam driving up to a small plane with Miguel. They get out of their car and they're both like smiling and happy. They walk into the plane. Fin de la película. 
And then we see this great like artwork that runs with the credits. Mm. Very beautiful, like, like comic, comic book, book stuff. Very so, cool. So cool. And after like the major part of the credits goes by, we have like a post credit scene of what looks like interviews, like of yeah. people on the street in Venezuela, or not even in Venezuela. A lot of them are like exiled people. Mexico. Exactly. Yeah. So they're just being interviewed, but then we also see f different footage of people leaving Venezuela, again, by foot, like carrying their lives with them, like in a backpack and in bags and stuff. And these survivors are like, yes, I've received treatment, and this is what m they show little X's on their arms to show that they've been taken care of and that's how mm -hmm. we find out that if you were infected you can get cured so those people weren't necessarily dead that they were sick there's a guy that's like i've been trying to get a passport for eight months i can't fucking leave like i live in peru now and i need to send money to my parents i live in this place and i'm trying to do this they interview these two mexican people who are like I don't know if we should be letting Venezuelans into Mexico and yeah. not to say that I'm pro walls, but that's what borders are for. And it's like, oh, okay. Wow. But then the woman in this couple is like, well, this could happen to us. It could be Mexicans. It could be Chilenos. It could be anybody. Yeah. The last guy to be interviewed says, I was the only survivor in my family. I wasn't affected or touched by the infection, but everyone in my family was. I was the only one that made it. The last shot we see is a line of people walking down a freeway with their all their belongings with a caption that says, After the epidemic, five million people fled from Venezuela. In the present day, that number continues to increase. Wow. It's like, did you predict the future with this film? Because well, no. We will find out with trivia. Well, let's get into some trivia. You want to go first? You can go. I've been talking okay. for a while. Here, so just a little bit of like fun little stuff, mm -hmm. uh, trivia at the top. This film was apparently shot over 64 locations in Venezuela, wow. which is crazy. The film suffered from its low budget and the fact that it was being made during the time of shortages in Venezuela. The director Pedota gives the example of set dressing during a scene that required abandoned cars on a main highway, saying that they found many such cars already at like the locations wow. that they were using. The film was being made as the Zika epidemic reached Venezuela. Oof. But before people knew it had spread to the country. And just to kind of talk about like Pedota's aim with the film, Pedota, the writer and director of the film, has said that political, social, and health issues can be, in quotation marks, interpreted in many different ways. But he doesn't want to be the guy who tells you what the film is about. Mm. He wants people to explore it and have different interpretations. So this film was banned in Venezuela. A writer from the Caracas Chronicles writes that horror is a, is a genre often censored around the world, but it is popular in Venezuela, so the film had not been censored for its horrific content. Content. This writer from Caracas Chronicles says that instead it had, it had been censored because of its anti-chavismo content. And Pedota, talking to the same Caracas Chronicles, said that he filmed about our nation today. Wherever you point your camera at, that's what you see. And then this reporter continues, Chavismo doesn't care about censoring zombies and gore. It cares about censoring reality reflected on the screen. Yep. And now for a bit of a left turn, let's talk about 
like viruses and rabies and shit like that. So this is this is from NationalGeographic.com, an article called Zombie Virus Possible Via Rabies Flu Hybrid by Care Tan. And this article was from October 27th, 2010. In the zombie flicks 28 days later and I am legend, an unstoppable viral plague sweeps across humanity, transforming people into mindless monsters with cannibalistic tendencies. Though dead humans can't come back to life, certain viruses can induce such aggressive zombie-like behavior, scientists say. For instance, rabies, a viral disease that infects the central nervous system, can drive people to be violently mad, according to Samita Andreansky, who is a virologist. Combine rabies with the ability of a flu virus to spread quickly through the air, and you might have the makings of a zombie apocalypse. Uh, uh, okay. Oh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Unlike movie zombies, which become reanimated almost immediately after infection, the first signs a human has rabies, such as anxiety, confusion, hallucinations, and paralysis, don't typically appear for 10 days to a year as the virus incubates inside the body. Oh my god. Once rabies sets in though, it's fatal within a week if left untreated. Isn't that nuts? Oh my god. Many viruses have naturally high mutation rates and constantly change as a means of evading or bypassing the defenses of their hosts, which hello, the fucking corona COVID-19 is like mutating like crazy right now. This Dr. Andreansky says, if a rabies virus can mutate fast enough, it could cause infection within an hour or a few hours. That's entirely plausible, which is goddamn terrifying. Jesus Christ. But for the rabies virus to trigger a zombie... This is ridiculous. But to trigger a zombie pandemic like in the movies, it would also have to be much more contagious. Humans typically catch rabies after being bitten by an infected animal, usually a dog, and the infection usually stops there. A faster mode of transmission would be through the air, which is how the flu spreads. And then Dr. Max Mog, Moguk? Head of the Zombie Research... Always. Head of the Zombie Research Society. I... This exists, everybody. I want to join. (laughs) Right? Uh, Max Moguk. I don't know how to... M-O-G-K. Mok. (laughs) (laughs) Moguk. He says, all rabies has to do is go airborne and you have the rage virus like in 28 Days Later. And by the way, the Zombie Research Society apparently is an international nonprofit that is devoted to raising the level of of zombie scholarship in the arts and sciences. Dope. I'm going to donate some money. Right? We're joining. To be transmitted by air, rabies would have to borrow traits from another virus such as flu, but unrelated viruses simply do not hybridize in nature. Likewise, it's scientifically unheard for two radically different viruses such as rabies and flu to borrow traits. Okay, so... so... For this to happen, pretty far-fetched. Yeah. This doctor continues, they're too different. They cannot share genetic information. Viruses assemble only parts that, that belong to them and they don't mix and match from different families. It's theoretically possible, though extremely difficult, to create a hybrid rabies influenza virus using moder- modern genetic engineering techniques 
Andreansky said. So you'd have to like mix all of this mix shit them together, all together to yes. get a zombie <laughs> virus. So a stretch, but still. Rest easy, gang. Unless you're yeah. fully like, okay, inject me with all this shit. Then and, well, yeah, put it up. And like, also, why would anybody ever? Like, why would a scientist ever put this shit together? Yeah, absolutely. Unless you're like a mad scientist, right? And my last little thing here. This is from Nature.com, and this is from January twentieth of this year, twenty twenty one. Okay. This is called. I think this is actually like a scientific report, uh, like a thesis. A thesis statement. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Lessons from the host defenses of bats, a unique viral reservoir. And <laughs> this was written by Aaron T. Irving, Matae An, Geraldine Go, Danielle E. Anderson, and Li- Lin Fa Wang. Okay, so bear with me for just a moment because it's going to get scientific and you know how I do when it gets real scientific. There have been several... <laughs> There have been several major outbreaks of emerging viral diseases. It's already starting. (laughs) Okay, a deep breath. There have been several major outbreaks of emerging viral diseases, (laughs) including Hendra, Nipah, Marburg, and Ebola virus diseases. (laughs) Severe. Oh my god. Okay, we can do this. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so hard. Uh, <laughs> get it out now. Okay. It's probably it's gonna be bad. Okay, hold on. <laughs> so all of those this is not funny at all, these fucking deadly diseases. <laughs> Maybe we just need to laugh it out because we're li- we're living through this literal pandemic right now. Uh. Christ. Oh my God. Okay. Mm. All those virus diseases, severe <laughs> acute. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. It continues SARS, MERS, and COVID 19. So all of these fucking crazy things. Shit. Notably, all of these outbreaks have been linked to suspected, oh boy, zoonotic transmission of bat borne viruses. Whoa. Well, it w- wasn't that one of the three, like one of the reasons yes. that COVID? Well, I don't know if they've, they have not like officially proven that. The rumor was that some guy ate a weird bat or something and then got COVID. But I don't think right. that's like no, the fucking I think that's, case. I think that was just like some, some racist, racist honestly, being an asshole. shit being thrown around. But it is possible that yes, it did come from bats, but I don't think they've, I don't think they've concluded anything yet. Anyway, right. so it says here, bats, the only flying mammal, displays several additional features that are unique among mammals, such as a long lifespan relative to body size and an exceptional ability to host viruses without presenting clinical disease, which I never knew that like bats host viruses and they, I guess what it's saying here is- they, And they're fine? They're fine. Although the possibility of an intermediate host remains an open question, SARS-CoV-2 which is COVID-19, is believed to have an ancestral origin in bats. Conceptually, an outbreak caused by an emerging zoonotic bat virus has not only been predicted, but expected. Wow. What the fuck? That's awful. Anyway, so if people continue to study bats, I think what they're basically trying to say here is it will unlock key lessons for human health from understanding aging to combating cancer 
and infectious diseases. Wow. Interesting for this movie to be like, let's talk about bats, everybody. Yeah. And how this rabies virus clearly was born from that, at least in this film. And that is my trivia. Thank you for bearing with me as I was <laughs> a mess. Also, would love everybody to look up senior bat uh, flies because there's a video of this like place that take care of senior bats and uh-huh. they have one that like <laughs> they basically take him out every day and hold his little body and like move him around so that he can flap his ring- wings oh my God, and I've pretend seen this. he's flying. Let him fly. Oh let my him God. fly and let them help <laughs> us cure diseases. Okay, my trivia is a little bit of a bummer. So I figured we'd talk a little bit about cri- the crisis in Venezuela and the Venezuelan refugee crisis. So the crisis in Venezuela during the Bolivarian Revolution is an ongoing socioeconomic and political crisis that began in Venezuela on the 2nd of June of 2010 during the presidency of Hugo Chavez, and has continued since. It is marked by hyperinflation, escalating starvation, disease, crime, and mortality rates, resulting in massive emigration from the country. According to economists interviewed by the New York Times, the situation is the worst economic crisis in Venezuela's history and the worst facing a country in peacetime since the mid-20th century and is more severe than of the United States during the Great Depression, of the 1985 to 1994 Brazilian economic crisis, or of the 2008 to 2009 hyperinflation in Zimbabwe. On the 2nd of June, 2010, Chavez declared a, quote, economic war due to increasing shortages in Venezuela. The shortages in Venezuela of regulated food staples and basic necessities have been widespread following the enactment of price controls and other policies under the government of Hugo Chavez and exacerbated by the policy of withholding United States dollars from importers under the government of Nicolás Maduro. The severity of the shortages has led to the the largest refugee crisis ever recorded in the Americas. Holy shit. Yeah. There are shortages of milk, meat, coffee, rice, oil, and pre-cooked flour, butter, toilet paper, personal hygiene products, and medicines. By January 2017, the shortage of medicines reached 85% according to the Pharmaceutical Federation of Venezuela. Hours-long lines have been become common, and those who wait in them are sometimes disappointed because you'll get to the store and there won't be anything no, left. Nada. Some Venezuelans have resorted to eating wild fruit and garbage. The Venezuelan crisis intensified during the Maduro government, growing more severe as a result of low oil prices in early 2015 and a drop in Venezuela's oil production from lack of maintenance and investment. Long story short with this is the Chavez and the Maduro government took all the money that the oil that they produced made and invested it in themselves and didn't reinvest it into the Venezuelan people. And it's led to absolute crisis economically, which then barrels through into everything else. Very quickly, the Venezuelan refugee crisis is 
a result of the crisis in Venezuela. What that is, is the Venezuelan migration and refugee crisis is the largest recorded refugee crisis in the Americas. It refers to the immigration of millions of Venezuelans from their native country during the presidencies of Hugo Chavez and Nicolas Maduro because of the Bolivarian Revolution. So the revolution was an attempt by Chavez and later Maduro to establish a cultural and political hegemony, which is basically when the political, economic, or military predominance of or control of one state over others. And all of this culminated in the crisis in the Bolivarian Venezuela. So the resulting refugee crisis has been compared to those faced by Cuban exiles, Syrian refugees, and those affected by the European migrant crisis. The Bolivarian government has denied any migratory crisis, stating that the United Nations and others are attempting to justify foreign intervention within Venezuela. Remember that radio thing that we heard in the movie? Yep. So, Mm -hmm. by mid-2019, over 4 million Venezuelans, around 13% of the country's population, had immigrated since the revolution began in 1999. The United Nations predicted that by the end of 2019, there would have been over 5 million recorded immigrants during the Venezuelan crisis. And a late 2018 study of the Brookings Institution suggested that the immigration would reach 6 million, which is approximately 20% of Venezuelans' 2017 population. Damn. And at the end of the movie, if you remember in the recording, it's I think it said 5 million. It says have... 5 millions and the numbers are growing. Wow. And this movie was made in 2019. 6 million was, at the time, the number of refugees from the Syrian civil war which started years before the recorded Venezuelan crisis and was considered the worst humanitarian disaster in the world at the time. Wow. So, like, this is, like, the numbers are wild. Yes. There are so many more facts about this that are way, way, way more in-depth. I highly suggest you look up my friend, uh, Joanna Hausman, Mm. who is a Venezuelan comic and actress and amazing human all around, And she has posted a lot of information about Venezuela in general, but she has two really great videos on YouTube. One of them is called Joanna Rants, Reasons Venezuela is a Total Disaster. And the other one is called What's Happening in Venezuela, Just the Facts. The Joanna Rants video is kind of funny. There's some humor in there, but she's also gives you like straight up information and facts and it's and you know, she's from there. She's exiled. Her family's exi- exiled. Wow. Her uncle was in jail for being a journalist and like promoting Holy shit. Because the government also censors the media and censors Hello, this everything. movie was banned. Exactly. Anything and everything that she says is smart and great and she's awesome and will give you great information. So I definitely have to check that out. Joanna Hausman, everybody. She's the fucking best. My last little piece of information is a little bit more lighthearted. Ruben Guevara, who plays Dr. Alang, played FDR in Jane the Virgin. (laughs) Like... The president? I believe so. I mean, I didn't see the I didn't see the show, but that's what his <laughs> that was his title is in Jane the Virgin, FDR. I don't, I've never seen that show. Have you? Uh, I I watched the first season and it's great. Uh-huh. And people fucking love that show. Yeah, people so, are into it. Please watch Plus Jane it's a lot, the Virgin. Isn't, it's all like Latinx people, isn't it? Yeah, I gotta check it out. It's what very good. Doing? Well, hey, 
I'm going to admit something here. Going into this movie, I did not know much about this situation. Uh, I knew vaguely a little bit about it, so I really appreciate that you gave us some facts. And I really can't wait to check out Joanna's videos. I, wa I want to watch that. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's very sad. It's very... Also, she talks about it also on her podcast, which is called Hyphenated. Mm -hmm. So if you guys check that out, too, she talks about um, they have an episode on grandparents and she talks about being from Venezuela and, and not being able to see her people. And it's wow, it's it's tough. And like that line of that last line of the guy being interviewed at the end where he says, I was the only survivor in my family. I was the only one that made it. That happens. That happens to them all the time. Wow. So. How about some questions, well, shall I ask you? Sure. Johnny, were you scared? I'm going to say no, I was not scared, but I did like the few jump scares that I got. What about you? I was anxious, which I think is the big feeling I get with zombies in general. So I don't know if I, that can translate to being scared, but I definitely, I was tense and filled with anxiety. I agree. I guess that's a scary feeling, but yeah. You know. What was your best scare? The grandpa looking through Roberto's house, that kind of like found footage-ish first per person kind of looking around. There was no jump there, but when I, speaking of anxiety and tension, I was very shoulders to ears in that moment. Really well shot. So that one takes it for me for sure. What about you? For me in general, any times the zombies were running, like any time they fucking ran, I was like, ah, but particularly Sprinting. in the hotel when Alang like kind of swerved one guy and saw the other one and he like booked it up to the roof i was very tense with that yeah uh who was your favorite character johnny me too I gotta give it to, oh my gosh he was hot he knew when he was wrong and was willing to like admit it plus he saves alan and miguel in the end johnny all the way full all the way for sure love him uh, what was your best line? La naturaleza es así, siempre encuentre la manera. Adam's line about when he sees the ladybug and he's like... Life finds a way. Life finds a way. Loved that. What about you? Mine was, los infectados no saben si somos militares o civiles, no sea huevón. <laughs> yes, Johnny. <laughs> love him. Uh, yeah. I also just love that he's like, no sea huevón. That's such a great yeah. thing to say at the end of that. What was your best death? I'm going to give this one again also to the grandpa. Like that scene of Dr. Adam having to shoot him was so sad. Yeah. Plus the actor nailed it really good job what totally. about you mine was luisa's death because it was again the the swallowing up yeah. and him being pulled out of that little car window was very very upsetting but like great absolutely did you learn anything from this film and culture i'm gonna just straight up say yes like you do i did have to do some research and i learned a lot from you but just like seeing the things throughout the film you even if you had no idea what was going on you would be able to tell like something is up in this country that has nothing to do with this zombie outbreak they're just they just happen to be happening at the same time yeah you know what i mean yeah what about for you? sure I absolutely did. Like hearing yeah. hearing that radio announcement and like that kind of stuff and seeing that footage, you know that's reality. Like you can mm -hmm. tell that's not that's not acting. That's that's real life. Yeah. And in general, I think it was a really smart way of putting the zombie spectrum over an already horrible situation. Like it's a great way to highlight the crisis that Venezuela is experiencing through the zombie lens, which is, I think, 
that's why I like the zombie genre so much because it's 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 a really good way to like put it atop something that happens in our worldly life that mm-hmm. highlights like us as humans the problem that we have at being good decent people or the government taking care of its people or like when you're put to the test when shit hits the fucking fan what are you gonna do and i think that's one of the reasons why i love it so much johnny how many ooies do you give this film i am going to give this film three The reason I wouldn't like rank it higher, especially after we've talked like we've really praised this movie is because I felt like it was like a little disjointed. And uh, like, I feel like they could have cut some of the characters in there because people were so easily killed and just like, oh, okay, well, you're here for four seconds and then you're gone. Right. But this movie, this movie has balls. Yeah. It's a brave movie. You know, as much as Pelota is like, you decide what you want. I can, we can see what he's trying to do here. And especially in, in this country where, you know, speaking out against the government or whatever it may be could get you the least of your problems is get you banned. I mean, people have died. Yeah. You know, this is a brave, brave move. So three ooze for sure. What about I you? I also am giving it three because I do agree. Like there's a, there's some smoothing to be done. Sure. If I'm not mistaken, this is his first film. I think you're right. Yeah. And it's, I think that's a, that's awesome. So like if this Great is, job. if this is number one, I can only imagine where he can go from here. Uh, yeah. I thought the zombies looked great. The zombies were very scary. It It's incredibly watchable. And sure, there's stuff here and there where you're like, eh, did I need that? Oh, just, and like you said, there's some people that are just, I don't want to say throwaway, but you're just like, hi, oh, you're dead. Yeah. But for the most part, a delightful zombie film with a lot, like you said, of balls. I think that's what makes it so good. The sign with like the dead body underneath yeah. it. Fuck, like the just blood gushing on top of my onto his face. Come Damn, on. that's brave, very brave, brave. and and yeah. good for you. Keep fighting that fight, guys. Yeah, man, can't you wait gotta. to see what's next. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've made it out of the apocalypse. We thank you for surviving with us and for listening. Uh, yeah. Make sure to check us out on social media. We're at Uyorror Twitter and Instagram. Send us an email at wikiorror at gmail.com. Follow Sonoro Podcast at Sonoro Podcast on Insta and Twitter. There's so many fun things going on there. They're all Latino-based, and they're fun to support. Please oh, do. They have great, great podcasts on there. Great podcasts. Anything. Truly yeah. everything. Including um, ours. <laughs> including ours are, if I'm not mistaken, other dear friends from Latinos Out Loud, which is a podcast that was already very popular, has just joined the Sonoro family. So that's cool. very exciting. Nice. We hope you have a lovely week. We look Stay forward. away from bats. Stay away from bats. Stay away from zombies. <laughs> Be nice people. Don't shoot up heroin with or dysmorphine with gross guano and don't shoot up at all okay (laughs) please just stop shooting up we hope you have a lovely week johnny i fucking love you i fucking love you too nos vemos en la próxima semana adios adios